You're listening to Special Education Matters, a regular podcast about things that matter in special education. I'm your host, Michael Bull, and I am the proud father of an 18-year-old boy with autism. On today's show, I speak with Dave Gaines. He is part of our ongoing effort to highlight special education advocates in California. Sometimes students with a range of ages and neurological differences are well-served by a variety of services, assistance, and advocacy. Part of that comes from people like Dave Gaines. He's the CEO of the Sacramento Autistic Spectrum and Special Needs Alliance. His group works to provide a one-stop shop of services, including advocacy, social events, and case management. Enjoy the conversation. Dave Gaines, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. Sure. Thanks for having me. Well, glad to have you here, and it'd be, this is a good opportunity for us to get to know a little bit about you and what you do, and I want to start off with the first easy question, which is, what sort of services do you provide? Uh, so, uh, I operate a nonprofit organization, um, and uh, we provide comprehensive social services uh, for young folks ages 0 through 22, with any brain-based diagnosis. Uh, most of our clients are on the autistic spectrum, uh, but we serve other diagnoses uh, as well, ADD, ADHD, Down syndrome, intellectual disability, uh, any, any brain-based diagnosis. Um, and we, uh, we serve locally, greater Sacramento uh, region. Um, so we, with the comprehensive social services, we, we do a lot of different things. Um, uh-huh. We aim, aim to be a one-stop support shop uh, in terms of supporting families uh, that are raising uh, a child or a teen or a young adult um, with a mental diagnosis. Uh, the most commonly requested service um, from our organization is uh, educational advocacy. Okay. Um, so uh, we do full-scope educational advocacy um, you know, we can advise families on uh, different type of educational placements, so the kind of consultation element on what's what's going to work uh, for their child, and then uh, also we can do um, everything that really involves interacting with uh, school districts. So um, you know, through every process, a lot of a lot of the work is is under IDEA. Um, some of the stuff is 504, uh, so we can do everything uh, under both of those from uh, requests for assessments, uh, IEP representation, uh, negotiations with school districts, and um, all the way through to uh, uh, administrative hearings, um, compliance complaints, uh, basically uh, everything that needs to be done uh, in in the educational advocacy component. Uh, And um, we also do uh, some other services outside of advocacy, I know. Uh, our focus today is advocacy, but we sure. do case management as well, um, and uh, basically anything that that a family needs. We're, we're pretty comprehensive, and ultimately our go- goal is to make sure that uh, the young person with the mental diagnosis has uh, all their needs met, uh, so that they can have a best outcome as they transition um, into adulthood. So you mentioned one-stop shop, and uh, I think what you described is definitely one-stop shop. So that's quite comp- comprehensive. Thank you. Uh, I want to ask you. Yeah. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I want to ask you uh, what influenced your decision to be an advocate. You know, like for me, I'm involved in this because I have an 18 year old son with autism, and, mm-hmm. and what are some of the reasons that you decided? You know, I'm going to. 
sure. Um, so it's, it's, uh, two prong for me. Um, it, uh, it probably started out, well, probably both prongs started out about concurrently, but, uh, one is the, the professional, uh, mm-hmm. prong. And, um, when I, uh, when I graduated, uh, my undergraduate, um, degree, uh, the first job I got was case management with, uh, adult mental health clients. And I did that for about a year and then I moved, um, to where I'm located now. And the, uh, I just started looking for jobs and, um, the first people to, uh, offer me a job. I was applying for primarily, uh, mental health related jobs because I had the experience and also, um, legal jobs because I was considering law school at that time. Uh, and first people that offered me a job were a, a company that, uh, provided, um, behavioral therapy, uh, applied behavior analysis services for, uh, kids with autism. And, uh, I took that job not knowing, uh, what I was getting myself into. I didn't know anything about, um, autism. I didn't have mm-hmm. any particular experience working with kids in any respect. Um, but, uh, I took the job and started doing it. Um, and, uh, uh it was uh, kind of rough for me at first. I, I wasn't that good at it. Uh, but it got a little better over time and, uh, I kind of stuck with the work. Um, was able to get a little bit uh, better pay as I transitioned from one one company to another, um, and then I, I began to see that I was pretty decent uh, at the work uh, after maybe a year or two, and uh, then I moved up into a supervisor position, um, and uh, I was good at it, and uh, I liked it, um, and at that time uh, I decided that I would. Uh, go to graduate school to um, formalize and, and complete a proper education in, in applied oh, behavior okay. analysis. Um, and uh, so I, I, I left uh, employment and went <clears throat> full-time into school uh, again. And um, uh, I uh, went out in the community and got more involved in, in autism-related activities, started checking things out. Uh, and I found a little support group that, um, uh, a chiropractor who had, I think a stepson, uh, with, uh, Asperger's, okay. mm-hmm. he was running the group and he wasn't doing much. And, uh, with that group. So I, I came to one of the groups and said, Hey, would you like to sort of revamp the group with me and I'll help you out. So we did that. And, um, the, the groups yeah, started growing a little bit and then he, um, uh, he, uh, he had to leave the group to focus on his chiropractic practice. Uh, and, uh, it was a autism and special needs group for, for parents with kids. Um, and, uh, so I took over the group and, uh, ran it for a couple years and it started, uh, growing and, uh, through that support group, I began encountering, uh, a lot of, um, complaints or questions from parents regarding their child's uh-huh. educational program. And, um, I, uh, I didn't really know anything about educational advocacy, uh, as a, you know, behavior analyst, I had done some, uh, IEP meetings, uh, cause at that time, ABA programs were, um, 
commonly funded by school districts. Uh, but all I did was report my ABA stuff. But uh, so I, I, uh, I actually uh, learned as I went informally, self-teaching, answering parents' questions. They would have questions. I would not know the answer. I would utilize my research skills on the internet and pull up some answers. And uh, I started doing a lot of that and developing an understanding of uh, special education advocacy through that. Uh, it took several years um, to really become adept at the work. Um, but uh, I, uh, I think I'm extremely good at the work now. I have, a, I think, a very solid mastery of uh, all the expertise that's needed to be an effective advocate. and. Um, it came about through that self-teaching, uh, process of just meeting the need of, of parents that were in this group. And, uh, then, uh, my nonprofit organization, I turned that group into a formal nonprofit about okay. seven years ago. Uh, so that's, that's a professional element. So you've been at it for um, a little, a little while now, as then, I it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little over, uh, 10 years, probably okay. about 12 years working with kids with autism and, uh, you know, probably about, uh, 10 years with some ap- uh, advocacy experience. And I would say five years with some pretty, uh, pretty uh, solid, uh, advocacy work. So it, um, and then there was, oh, I wanted to ask you ahead, about, uh, you, maybe you were heading into this anyways. Uh, one of the other questions we we're going to talk about was what's one of the most interesting and, you know, what are some of the more challenging parts of, of being an advocate now that you've done it, like you mentioned over 10 years now, you probably have a lot of reasons that you're doing it and you've talked about some of those, but yeah, what are some of the interesting parts of being an advocate and what are some of the challenges that you face as an advocate? Mm. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking about those questions beforehand, um, and, I, and I couldn't come up with, I, I don't think I come, come up with some uh, blazingly uh, <laughs> exciting answers, but um, of the few things that, that I can mention, uh, you know, working with, with the kids and getting to know the kids and interacting with the kids, that's probably the best part of it, yeah, um, and I, uh, it's re- really enjoyable. Uh, they're all interesting and fun and, um, you know, really, really makes the work worth it. Um, I, uh, I also enjoy intellectual challenges. Uh, I, I like the, the, the legal thinking components of the work in terms of, uh, understanding and operating, uh, with, with IDDA, uh, 504, the other laws that are involved. Um, you know, I, I get pretty into it and I'll, I'll do research on, on case law and stuff, uh, like that as well. So I, uh, I think that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, uh, you know, also interacting with all sorts of different folks from, you know, school psychologists, therapists, to attorneys, to, uh, administrators. Um, you know, that's pretty interesting working with, uh, a bunch of different, uh, professional types. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I think, uh, due process hearings, um, are, uh, are uh, interesting, sure, yeah. um, because they're, they're, uh, intense and, you know, kind of, kind of formal and, and serious. And there's a lot of things you have to know. Uh, and there's the, the adversarial element. Uh, the, the kind of the competitiveness with the other side, which uh, I find intriguing and, and being able to, um, 
you know, apply my skills and hopefully uh, come out on top in those situations. Uh, I haven't done many of many uh, hearings, but the few experiences I've had, I, I do find that interesting to act, uh, you know, with the judges and, and attorneys and, and that whole process. Um, and then you asked about, yeah, uh, what are some challenges that you've had or you, um, you think not just you, but you think that advocates in general feel today. Hmm. So I, I couldn't really think of anything that stood out to me. Uh, you know, I, I can think of, of things that I've found, you know, challenging in, in my advocacy mm-hmm. practice, such as being overwhelmed okay. with clients. Um, uh, I, I have hired, uh, an assistant, so it's it's hard to find um, people with the skill set um, to be able to help uh, do the work. Um, also, so just like uh, business growth issues, more than anything else, it sounds like, which is challenging. Well, yeah. right, well sure, 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 and 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 uh, you know, I, I think handling the the amount of clients would be easier if if there were more folks out there with the skill set and that, and that could be, you know, I trust my, my, my skill set and I think I do very quality work, but finding other people with the skill set uh, of educational advocacy is, is not easy. So, you know, finding people to hire and, and, and uh, take on additional clients um, can be challenging. Uh, <clears throat> really sure what, what other advocates um, out there are facing, um, uh, it's uh, it's hard to say. I, I, you know, maybe one thing that that I thought of uh, that uh, I think uh, the field of advocacy mm-hmm. in general um, confronts uh, is is the reality uh, that school districts don't have sufficient funding to provide um, you know the best well, even the appropriate services to all kids in, in all situations. And I think, uh, I think if, if districts had, um, all the funding they needed, uh, we'd have much less uh, sure. need for our work. Um, but, uh, the, the, um, lost my train of thought there. The, uh, the, the lack of the lack of funding, which is, I think it drives a lot of, the decisions that, uh, that school districts make and that we have to deal with. Uh, and, and I think they want to have the funding and, and, you know, we obviously want as advocates the best, uh, for the kids, but I think that that reality is, um, that, that I've seen is, uh, we're going to get in there and do our work as advocates and that child is going to get, uh, you know, an appropriate education and mm-hmm. increased funds. But the reality is that another kid is going to lose out because of that. Um, and for me, and, and, you know, I, I think, uh, confronting that and dealing with that reality that no matter what we do, there's always going to be that issue and it's going to come down on some child somewhere and negatively impact them. Um, I think that's, uh, that can be difficult. Um, I don't know if other advocates no, I'm sure encounter they do. that, no. but I think as a system, advocates are dealing with that, whether they know it or not, because every district, uh, for the most part is underfunded and it does drive, uh, a lot of, of their decision-making. And, and, uh, it's, it is a big part of what we as advocates are interacting with in terms of uh, dealing with the districts, whether we, we understand. Now I'm going to put this in the show notes, but Dave, if people want to get a hold of you, what are the best ways to contact you? 
Uh, well, through um, our organization, that's where I provide um, our, our services through the nonprofit, and we are Sacramento Autistic Spectrum and Special Needs Alliance. Uh, I would uh, send folks to our website, uh, www.sassna.org, and that's www.s is in Sam, A is in Apple, S is in Sam, S is in Sam, N is in Norman. A is an apple.org. Uh, if they have any issues, uh, our phone number is 916-877-5220. They can call that number as well. There's a direct extension to me, or they can just go to our uh, general desk. But I'd primarily encourage people to uh, check out our website and all the other information. Well, Dave, thank you so much for your time today and uh, sharing your information. Yeah, thank you very much for, for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another edition of Special Education Matters. For more information, including show notes, head to our website, csnlg.com slash listen. And if you like what you hear, please uh, consider giving us a review on iTunes. Those reviews bring us lots of happiness. I'm your host, Michael Bull, and we will talk again soon. <laughs>